We have sunk. All right. Thank you for sinking. <laughs> uh, I, ca- I can't listen to DeAntvode without <laughs> thinking out about Sterile a little bit. Yeah. Welcome to my existence where anything is like, huh, that's kind of sterile <laughs> I also like that you have uh, sterile uh, as a word in your lexicon. <laughs> Most people don't. Probably because it's not a word, but in this case, with context, it makes sense. English is a bullshit made-up language. All languages are a bullshit made-up language, Joe. I mean... Huh. Well, that said, (laughs) shall we get on with it? Speaking of saying words... (laughs) I'm gonna do a show. This is episode 65 of WTF Anime. Welcome to the show. That was my intro. Hello, Joe. Never saw it coming. I'm Sevy, your host Joe, and joining me, as ever, is my confidant, Travis. Hey, old comrade. Hey, Joe, what's going on? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just hanging out, doing normal human being things, interacting, and we're back on this bit now. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, time is a flat circle, Joe. It all comes back around eventually. <laughs> uh, you know... There, I had an urge to make mention, but we didn't. We didn't actually place our bets. I want to see how long this goes without us mentioning the thing that <laughs> we're betting on mentioning. We'll see who breaks first. Ball is in your court, Joe. Well done. So, Travis, what terrible thing did I force upon you today? You forced upon me uh, the animated version of your favorite, well, one of your favorite games slash dating simulators, <laughs> Persona Five. I mean, for the amount of times I've played it, it, is, it probably should be. Yeah, it's probably up there. Damn it. <laughs> Are you reevaluating some life choices, Joe? Damn it, I like this very problematic thing. I'm ruined. <laughs> uh, you recognize it's problematic, and as long as you engage with it with that in mind, I think you're okay, man. Yeah, it's definitely not my favorite dating sim, which goes to Hat for Boyfriend. Oh, it's not the one with the pigeons that you told me about? That's the one with the pigeons. Oh, shit. <laughs> of course it fucking is. The pigeons are good, Travis. I'm just... It, it's making me flash over to Animaniacs, and I'm just yes. picturing them all being, like, bad mobster chi- uh, uh, pigeons, and, like, I can't get on board with that, man. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. It just doesn't... In my world, my brain's going hard nope. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of pigeon boyfriends, we watched an anime today, and for the next hour or so, we're going to talk about it. Was that a segue? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> before I interrupted, are we ready to get into this? Maybe. So we begin on a stylized tarot card of the fool and some chains. Ooh. 
we have some narration that talks about this distorted world will come to ruin. Everything is bad. Human beings are the worst. I mean, so far, not wrong. On board. (laughs) And then we pull out of that into a street scene. There's some more narration about the people that will save the world in this great game. They are known as tricksters. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. Is that just bad translation? I feel like it it should have a, a name with more gravity than trickster. Okay, but tell me this. What's your immediate go-to when I say Norse mythology? Because if you say Thor or Odin, you're lying. Oh, it's Slepnir. <laughs> Damn it! The good six-legged horse. <laughs> no, it's Loki. Exactly. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Tricksters and Phantom Thieves are the coolest. Yeah, but Loki's like a complete cock in North Myso- <laughs> Norse mythology. He's like the worst. Why do you think I like him so much? You do have... Something in your core that just loves a shitlord. I love assholes. Take that as you will. (laughs) (laughs) So with some narration, we go to a casino. Casino things are occurring. Yeah, uh, we're about to do like a a more Jackie Chan version of an Ocean Eleven. (laughs) (laughs) And we kind of start seeing some of the characters in the show. We have... A boy in a trench coat with a Venetian domino mask. Mm-hmm. There's a guy in like, how would you best describe it? It's like a military jacket with that same kind of Venetian style big nose. Yeah, yeah. It's a, if you've seen any kind of Renaissance ball uh, scenes ever shot, that mask. You know the mask we're talking about. Not the one with the little stick attached that you hold to your face. The other one with the nose. This boy pulls out a Mauser. And nearly shoots Domino Face Mask Guy. Nearly, but not quite. Instead, he brings down a chandelier. Yes, because what is the purpose of a chandelier if not to be dropped to kill enemies or to be swung from? I mean, basically, they're just an excuse for dramatic movement on stage anytime you see a a chandelier in film. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. That's it. They serve no other purpose. Pretty much. So yeah, that creates a distraction, and our trench-coated boy starts running. We hear like some other voices basically saying, like, hey, isn't Joker really cool? So jo- Joker is the nom de plume of this boy. Of trench-coat boy. Yeah, they're, they're very excited that he's doing very cool and neat things, and he has like a silver briefcase. Yeah. He slips through a vent. They do talk about the treasure. Obviously, with this being the first episode for Travis, there's a whole thing about treasures and heart stealing. They mention it, not quite right now, but they do mention the stealing of hearts. Mm-hmm. I like that everyone's really impressed with uh, the parkour, though. That's that's fun. Everyone's like, look at him parkour. Look at him jump over things and then jump through a window for no reason. I don't... <laughs> And not only that, but he does it in, like, the most impractical way. Like, he yes. backflips through a window. It's a pretty scene, and I, I've i never seen a casino with that much stained glass, by the way. <laughs> but it, it's it's done. It's, it's very pretty, the shot. But if you really want to break it down, <laughs> seems like not only was that impractical, but a bad idea. I thought he was about to fall and die. But it's anime, so no. Yeah, yeah, so he's fine. He backflips through a stained glass window, is silhouetted by the moon, and does a perfect three-point landing. Anime. Yeah, he superheroes (laughs) the shit out of that landing. 
that one of the voices says, oh shit, I'm getting some very strange readings, and then a bunch of lights go on, and the police are here to arrest this criminal. Yeah, like an entire squad of riot police in like full body gear with, what, were those tear gas guns? <laughs> I think... Apparently, he, he's a known and wanted criminal uh, for for this much gear and, and personnel to be called out for our uh, parkour man. Yes, it absolutely happens that he gets tear gassed and then arrested. These are the things that happen. Wink. <laughs> and then we we flash cut to him be uh, looking beaten to shit and sans mask. We get, like, the shot of him, like, being processed. The scene you see in every movie that maybe is a real thing. I don't know, I've never been arrested and have to hold a card up. And then, yeah, he's he's getting beaten up in, like, an interrogation room. There are syringes everywhere. And the, the guy, like, I don't want to say interrogating, beating the shit out of him. And is just like, ah, oh, yes, these drugs are very good. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it interrogation so much as trying to torture the information from somebody. When you're being drugged and beaten, uh, I don't think this is standard practice for interrogation. Well, if if this was set in, like, I don't know, the 1900s, or the 1800s, rather, that would be appropriate. It would, but we see scenes with cell phones, unless this is the world <laughs> with, you know, early 1900s cell phone technology. <laughs> in the cyberpunk future of Victorian London. Just let me get on my Steam smartphone real quick and, uh... <laughs> oh god, imagine those, like, 80s-style cell phones with, like, Tesla coils and, like, a giant Steam... Oh, no, dude, you've got it completely wrong. It'd be the 60s-style satellite phones from, like, the Vietnam era that was, like, a backpack. <laughs> Except it had, like, way more Tesla coils and shit on it. And, and gears, because putting gears on things makes steampunk. Well, yeah, it, it's Gears and Goths that figured out what the color brown is. That is steampunk. <laughs> and goggles. Goggles everywhere. Well, yeah, you never know when you're going to have to emergency weld something. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy rattles off the list of various crimes committed, such as obstruction of justice, blackmail, defamation, possession of weapons, and finally he adds, oh yeah, we can put murder on there. It's a full course. You know, I like that that they get to mur- Usually you're going to start big, I would think. <laughs> start with the big one and then throw the other ones on that are going to be the nuisance ones. But really, out of that list, there was one that kind of stood out before all the others. It was the last one. Interestingly enough, for a thief, no breaking and entering. Yeah, uh, there, was, there wasn't any breaking and entering. So, huh. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I I was just focused on the fact that everybody here had no qualms with the fact that he was tied to a chair and having the shit kicked out of him. I'm like, <laughs> this is problematic. This is not what you want from your beliefs. I mean, there's there's a whole thing to be said. Yeah, I I didn't like 24 when it was on originally. <laughs> we don't need teenage Jack Bauer getting the shit beat out of him. That's my new young adult series. Teenage Jack Bauer. Yep. <laughs> just make it better than young Indiana Jones. That's all I ask. <laughs> but also just cast Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I'd be down. <laughs> so yeah, we, we cut between this and a lady walking down a hall. Here's the thing I'm going to say. 
I may slip up and just, oh, this is the name of this person. Most of the times they don't tell you the names of people in this, but obviously playing the game, I will probably say their name. Whoops. It's fine. It's way easier to say, oh, I don't know, for example, Sai, than it is, you know, the silver-haired police lady? So her name is Sai Nijima. I have a question just because of how the two interact when they they get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, is she in any way part of his crew or what he's busy doing? No, but she's aware of him and is the sister of one of the people in the crew. Okay, I I knew some th- there had to be some kind of link of familiarity because she she wasn't as stiff and formal as one would expect when coming in to talk to a criminal, and also didn't beat the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> well, maybe maybe it's just those cops that are assholes. Maybe maybe it's just a sexism thing. The lady cops aren't allowed to beat up the criminals. They don't have permission? What is this? <laughs> I don't like this narrative you're crafting. I don't know. I'm just throwing spaghetti against the wall, see what sticks, man. So, guy interrogating him basically says, oh, we definitely totally have all of your friends and accomplices with you, and tries to get him to sign this confession. We learned the name of Joker, which is Ren Amamiya, Amamiya Figaro. Oh, Joe, did you really? I'm sorry, it was right there. Only for you, buddy. Only because you've played this so much (laughs) that you started writing your own jokes as you were playing the video game. Here's the thing. You get to pick the name of your protagonist. Oh, okay. Again, I know nothing about this other than listening to you and our friend Raph kind of debate back and forth uh, about the dating sim aspect of it. (laughs) Yeah, all you know about this is the dating sim part. Quite literally, yes. (laughs) And whatever happened in this episode. So, Sai goes to go into the interrogation room and is stopped and basically says, oh, you have a call from the director who's going to tell you, damn it, you're a loose cannon, get off this case. And Sai's like, no. But I get results. I get results, damn it. And then the director says, yeah, I knew you would say no, so I just let you have the time anyway. I have to put up the front of saying you shouldn't do this. Don't think that's how police work works. <laughs> when your superior tells you no, that's that's an order. It's it's like it's like the military. You don't just go, mm, nah. What are orders but suggestions with authority? That's literally what they are. They have <laughs> authority that if you don't listen to them, there's consequences. That's what I'm saying. You made my point. Uh, so she gets in and does the interrogation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she does walk in and say, oh, it was you. Yeah, uh, again, see uh, why it felt like this does not seem like the typical uh, interview. Oh, it was you. Hey, buddy, how's it going? I clearly know you, so this is in no way a conflict of interest. <laughs> yeah. Depending on the playthrough, you might be dating my sister. Damn it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Look. There's a bunch of things about Persona that are very weird if you're dating certain people. I think you could just say there's a bunch of things about Persona that are very weird. You, you don't need any extra qualifiers. That's that's very true. So yeah, the, the, the interrogation begins. Sai is, sees all the drugs and is like, this is very bad. This is not how we do things here. So her the basic questions she wants answered are like, What was your objective? Why did you cause all these incidents? When and where did you find out about this other world? Yeah, the the cop seems like way more clued in 
than what I feel like most people are. Or maybe <laughs> I'm wrong. I don't – I really don't know – I, I feel like I'm missing so many pieces of this story in the first episode. And not in that way where, they're, like, they're hinting that, oh, there's going to be big mysteries revealed. Like, no, I think they just – fuck it, we'll fix it in editing. And then they never did. I think by the second episode, basically everything you're thinking about will get explained. There's a much bigger explanation of what the other world in quotation marks is that they're talking about. Or, you know, an hour and a half into the video game. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's almost like you can't one for one a video game with with a script. (laughs) Huh, weird. At least not with the screenwriters that they had for it. Although, now that I think about it, they're really... I can't think of any video games that they've turned into, you know, just watchable media where I'm like, man, they did a really good job with this. They, they translated it well. Well, you haven't seen Detective Pikachu, so... You're correct. I have not seen Detective Pikachu. I have seen House of the Dead, though, <laughs> and that is a flaming ball of Uwe Boll. So, uh... Yeah. <laughs> don't. Don't do that. Do not do that to yourself. No. They actually edit in scenes from the video game into the movie as cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Why? Although saying that, I do like the Resident Evil movies. They're not, but actually the Silent Hill film. <gasps> Fuck, I love the Silent Hill movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Honestly, now that I think about it. Spoilers, Sean Bean doesn't die in it. <laughs> Hey, we should talk about Persona. (laughs) Oh, I was getting ready to talk about Silent Hill. So, Sai also asks about stealing hearts and is interrupted by a butterfly. Yeah, (laughs) interrupting butterfly is another character. (laughs) I'm sure it's got a different name, but uh, I like interrupting butterfly, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah, Interrupting Butterfly comes in and starts basically talking about Ren being a prisoner and how he is just a pawn in a unwinnable game. Yeah, uh, but the fact that Interrupting Butterfly's voice can be heard right now means that there is a very slight chance that uh, he can get out of this and shit isn't going to uh, go topsy-turvy. Yeah, the key to victory lies in your bonds. Yeah, so great cryptic butterfly. Which is basically the video game equivalent of, did you spend enough time with these people? Okay, continue. (laughs) Sorry, you weren't trying to be friendly and or dating enough, so (laughs) the world has to end now. That's it. (laughs) I can't remember, I didn't write it down in my notes, but we get the title card now. I don't remember if we have like a little break for the mid-episode thing. I don't know if you know of a point where it did that no it never really did that for me i don't know if that's just the particular because i i watched this on hulu by the way uh hulu in the u.s has has this streaming currently okay so uh yeah i didn't get that in hulu well it feels very early but since we have like a little break before we go into the rest of the show i think we might as well call this our mid-episode break sure this is this is basically an act break so is our mid-episode break and for a change hey it's joe and travis we're not from the future this time 
Nope. Uh, it's it's the present. Uh, wish it was the future. Hey, it's going to be the future soon, and I won't always be this way. Oh, shit. You just joke-code me. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> so, in this mid-episode break, we are going to be talking about our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash WTF Anime Show, which for as little as a dollar a month, you can get cool bonus content, such as series reviews currently of Black Butler, and movie reviews. Travis, what was the last movie what we did? Uh, the last one we just recorded, is it out yet or no? Yes, it's out. It's out? Oh, well, then we did Empire of Corpses. What a what a strange movie. Anytime you double Frankenstein, it's gonna <laughs> get weird. Like, I, I felt it very acutely when I was writing the episode notes and the tweet to, like, advertise it. How do I crystallize this movie down into its base component parts? Oh, no, I, I, I read the tweet and I'm like, that's... <laughs> That's correct. That's the movie. <laughs> it's very weird, but it's correct. It was also a bit of a departure because we actually liked the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's been a minute since <laughs> we've had a bad run. <laughs> <laughs> Although well, I guess Wolf Children wasn't bad. Yeah, Wolf Children. Yeah. I I liked I liked uh, the world that we reimagined <laughs> Wolf Children set in. Basically. <laughs> yeah, we've turned a corner before our next movie review, which is going to be. One of the Yu-Gi-Oh! movies. You son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, I'm going to have to watch it too. <laughs> Can we just play Yu-Gi-Oh! instead? I don't know how, but <laughs> it seems like we could do that quicker. <laughs> I mean, we could, but to keep the anime feel, we'd have to yell about every card we draw. What about trap cards? Well, you've activated it now. Oh, no. <laughs> Yes, for a uh, for Patreon goal, Travis and I will learn and play Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> and report back. Oh, I I feel like we're not gonna we're not gonna like that. I mean, I played as a kid. Did you? Yeah, I know somebody that played, and they said it's a good design done poorly. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Hold on, I'm actually gonna write a note to myself to make that a Patreon goal. Are you serious? <laughs> Well, it's written down now. Oh shit! It it it's been committed to paper, so it's it's done. Well, digital paper. Yeah, save a tree. Also on our Patreon, you can send us questions that we answer during this mid episode break. Uh, we have one such question. Ooh, from Chase, charged archetype. So this is gonna get weird because we haven't talked about personas yet. Okay. But the question is about personas. So Travis. If you would be so kind, I guess I'm going to have to talk about personas now. So, Chase would like us to name and describe what you believe your persona would be. <laughs> okay, so explain to me a little bit when you say persona. So, personas are, all of them are named after either mythological or literary figures. Okay. And whatever that name is kind of keys into the design, like its power set. There's a few links that it takes to be like, this is crafted to use as a fighting thing. Okay. Hmm. What would my persona be? You know, with with my love of the melancholy and uh, libations, I might be Poe. Shit. <laughs> Did I steal yours? You stole mine. Ha <laughs> ha, motherfucker. Ha 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 ha. 
You're the worst. I am the best. And apparently my persona is also psychic and can rob you of your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, what's your persona? No, no. What What does it look like? Okay. Um, well, clearly he, he's going to have the, the, the smart 1800s uh, suit for sure. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go with not... Poe hair because that's a it's a bad look. No one should have done that. That was a mistake. Eighteen hundreds, <laughs> do better. Um, now I think we're gonna go with Poe's got like a, a a greaser kind of haircut, but we're gonna go heavy on the eyeshadow. So we're gonna go a little emo in there too. We're 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 blending genres, and I think when 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 Poe consumes alcohol, he can spread his melancholy. <laughs> See, I've tricked you now, because you've basically described a JoJo stand. Did I? Thank you, Chase. Fuck you both. <laughs> I mean, personas are basically stands, so... So, Joe, uh, it's your turn to answer the question, though, since I robbed you of your answer. Yeah, given this new information about Travis being a friend of mine, betraying me and stealing my answer in such a very specific way, my persona would look like... Again, an 1800s gentleman, mm -hmm. very well-dressed, clearly a noble. In one hand, he would have a glass of wine. In the other, a trowel with cement on it. <laughs> nice. So, given this information, mine would be Montresor, and it would have the exclusive ability to trick Travis into drinking so I could very slowly create a wall for the many crimes he's committed against me. Joe, you could just ask. It's fine. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> no chicanery or duplicity needed <laughs> hey want to sit there with a barrel of wine while i wall you up yeah fuck it <laughs> uh thank you chase for your question that, yeah. was, that was fantastic i like that a lot <laughs> yeah it was a good time so yeah that's that's our plug for our patreon <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you want to hear us get this weird, but in longer format? Oh boy, it's going to be real weird if someone skips this part just because, you know, they don't like listening to ads. And then I'm not going to explain personas for the rest of the show because I've already explained them. Oh shit, yeah, that'd be a little weird. My, my other backup answer, in case you went first and you had Poe, was Dick Chariot, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Damn it! And no, nobody else knows what that uh, what that's all about, but... <laughs> people who play persona knows about bespoke dick chariot which is also uh in a large enough uh patreon goal we will learn instruments <laughs> form a band call it bespoke dick chariot can confirm <laughs> uh but i guess all that is to say uh if you like what we do here please consider uh sending some money our way through our patreon at patreon.com slash wtf anime show <gasps> Travis did the plug this time. I did. Travis remembers what our Patreon is. I do. So proud of me. What a brave new world we're in. Scary new world, Joe. Speaking of a new world, let's let's get back into the personas. Oh, all right. We had like a little thing that was six months earlier, and we see Ren on a train, sees a 
advert or like a news broadcast about juvenile delinquency and flashes back to a courtroom scene. Mm-hmm. We also see a flashback of a man assaulting a woman, Ren stepping up, the man having blood on his face, and then police sirens. I think that's how you describe it, Joe. I don't know how well it was expressed to you what that scene was. Obviously, playing the games, I know exactly what all that scene was about. Um, doesn't give you a lot to... Ke- this is one of the, the reasons why I said it feels like they're, they're giving you all these questions, but I don't even feel like I'm going to get it explained. Yeah, it's one of those things in the game where, like, you as the player know what has happened and who the person that was assaulting the woman is, but the characters don't connect it until, like, way later in the game when it becomes relevant. Okay, so in the game, that'd be a big, cool reveal, but here it's... Not really. They they give you all the information, and then they show you this man. It's like a dramatic irony thing. You as the player have pieced it together, like, what actually happened. But specifically, the main character sees this person again and doesn't remember who that person is until it becomes appropriate for the game (laughs) so that you can invade his palace. I don't know what the fuck is going on with this game or this show, Joe. I'll be honest with you. It's just about dating. It doesn't feel like that. What you're saying doesn't feel like it's just dating. Because there was a time in my hoary past when I was, you know, just dating. And I don't ever remember having to avoid powers. I mean, I don't want to say you were doing it wrong. Maybe you were just doing it in a different way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, damn. All of my dating experience has been avoiding corrupt men, so... So it's swipe left, swipe right, or swipe up to avoid powers? Delete app? Yeah. (laughs) Persona is just my dating experience, except for the dating in Persona. (laughs) Persona will not let you date the best himbo. (laughs) I'm sorry, Joe. One day, when they they re-remaster it so that you can play it for the tenth time or whatever. Persona more royal. This time it's gay. So yeah, back, back to the show itself. There are some high school girls on this train gushing about this guy Goro Akechi. They're also watching like a video that basically talks about, ah, he's the most famous detective, the second coming of Detective Jesus. Yeah, what? (laughs) Joe, I have questions. I think they name it as like in the Japanese idol way, which is like, he is the prince of such and such. But it it definitely reads as like, yeah, he's Detective Jesus. Okay, because I have definitely thumbed through uh, the Bible once or twice. And I don't remember the the act break somewhere in there where Jesus was just out doing detective work, you know? Although, that is the pitch for my new show. CSI Jerusalem. Jesus coming to modern day and solving crimes. That's just the reverse of Lucifer. (laughs) I guess it is. (laughs) What if they're both in the same universe, though? What if they're rival detectives? What if they're dating? What if they're dating? I think we found our show. God, I want this show more than life itself. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. (laughs) Who plays Jesus? Jason Manzoukas. It's not a bad choice. (laughs) You know, the the long hair really works for, um, what's his name? It plays, uh, uh, ah, shit. Uh, Plays the Witcher. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Oh, Henry Cavill? Yeah. Here's the thing, I don't like him as an actor. No? 
Not even in The Witcher? But The Witcher is perfect for him, because it's, don't act. Good, you did it. <laughs> Be there shirtless. That's fair. By the way, remember when we were talking about Persona? Yeah, remember when Persona was a thing? Okay, so... <laughs> Ren gets off the train, uh, we're in a station in Shibuya, and he sees a weird app on his phone. <laughs> huh, this is weird. It activated itself, too. Yeah, he clicks on it, and the entire world stops. You know, you'd think that he would have a bigger reaction <laughs> to the entirety of reality hitting the pause button while he's still, you know, moving around in play. And even if that didn't get a reaction, do you think there'd be a reaction to a giant pillar of blue flame that materializes into a man shape? And then gets orange eyes and mouth? Yeah. And not, you know, like, actual facial features. No, these are the menacing kinds of eyes and mouth. Mm Mm-hmm. Nope, no reaction. Ren may be dead inside. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. But he deletes the application. That's all the reaction we get is just like, boop. Well... That was the thing that happened. At the very least, you would think that you would be questioning, is this it? Is this where I lose my shit? (laughs) Has the fragile sanity broken in me? We've gone insane. Lovely day for it. (laughs) Uh, Then we get a little graphic of, like, a map from Shibuya to Yongenjaya. That's, like, pulled from the game of just, like, when you move around to locations. Hmm. Something else pulled from the game when we get into this scene of just, like, seeing this small suburban area, the music. I I think I sent to you, I was very worried about this adaptation, like it might just be complete trash, and the music might be very bad. Mm Mm-hmm. They actually just pulled the video game music, which... Solid choice. Yeah, short of just composing completely new stuff, which, why would you? The Persona soundtrack, it's very good. I'll take your word for it, I haven't heard it all. After we're done, I'll just, here, listen to all of this. <laughs> but yeah, we, we kind of see him walking through, like, interacting with a few people, like a dog bars in. Some stuff happens. There's a punk chick in a lab coat. It's a good look. Takemi's good. Yeah, she is. <laughs> At least for the 30, se- <laughs> if it's 30 seconds, she seems like a nice enough girl. Like, anyone who can pull off a punk look and also be a doctor. I would go to that doctor. <laughs> I'd probably be their only patient, <laughs> but that's okay. I would love and cherish my doctor. There you go. Um, so Ren is basically looking for something. He finds a house and then gets pointed by a delivery man to a cafe called La Blanc. Inside the cafe, there's like some old people and they're watching a news station that is basically talking about, hey, this weird thing happened with a bus that drove in the completely wrong direction. It had passengers and everything. And the old people are like, oh, that's very scary. Anyway, we're leaving now. It was Fox News. <laughs> Meant to scare the old. <laughs> but the problem is, these things actually happened, and I don't feel like Fox News reports on things that happened. Oh no, Joe, they're fair and balanced. It, it says so. <laughs> so it has to be true. <laughs> but this is where we meet Coffee Dad, or Sojiro Sakura. Coffee Dad kind of seems like a dick, I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I mean, you're right. Which means you love him. He's very good and soft. (laughs) The initial introduction to him is complaining about customers, so I'm just like, yeah, get it. Well, anybody that works in retail knows that the biggest problem with working in retail is the customers. (laughs) Yup. So thankfully from Sojiro, we get 
basically the entire backstory of Ren, which is he did a crime. The part of his judgment was basically you need to move out and live with someone else and be in a different environment. Uh, Sojo puts it as you were a nuisance, so they got rid of you. And now I'm taking care of you. I think it's really jacked up that the courts are like, your crime was so bad, you can't stay in this city, and you're not allowed to hang out with your parents anymore. Yeah. What What did boy do? Uh, he punched someone who was assaulting a woman. Okay, the punishment does not seem to fit the crime here. It's almost like there is a large theme about things being unfair in society, and we need to fix them. Mmm. And being angry at people in power. Adults, specifically. It's almost like that's a huge thing about the game. Oh, you're still talking about the game. And the show, I guess. Reality. <laughs> I mean, I said earlier that it was kind of timely and appropriate. And that's fair. So Sojuro shows Ren to his new room, which is basically just a bunch of junk in a very dusty room. Yeah, it's basically your attic. Pretty much. Uh, it's basically like, don't cause any trouble for me. If you don't get into any trouble with the police for the next year, you're off probation, you can go home, and I don't have to deal with you anymore. Hi, <laughs> I'm, I'm Ren. Hello. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think I have the right I- address. Thank you for explaining all of my problems to the audience. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> so Sojoy so says, tomorrow we're going to go to Shujin Academy, which is the school you're going to be at. And I learned a thing watching this anime that I did not know. Yeah? Shujin, which is the name of the school, and the word for prisoner in Japanese are a homophone, which is neat, and I never knew that. Huh. Well, how about that? Knowledge is always good to acquire. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. Uh, we, we see Spins... But, uh, by the way, I don't think we mentioned it. Uh, the guy doesn't actually live at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. He has his own house, but Ren has to stay in the coffee shop. Yep. So as a caretaker, basically he's like, you have a room. I'll get you some bed sheets. My job here is done. You live above the cafe. Don't fuck anything up. Yeah, pretty much. That <laughs> That was the welcome speech. Yep. So yeah, we get, we get a few shots of Ren just like reading a magazine, eating some food on his bed and sees his phone and... Oh my god, the mysterious app. It reappeared. Wait, didn't I delete that? And he presses it, and instead of stopping time and creating a pillar of flame, it immediately knocks him out. You know, if I were Ren, I would start to reconsider touching that button when the app wants you to. I'm just saying, 50% of the time, this is the greatest sleep app ever. (laughs) Like, fuck measuring my circadian rhythms. I just want an app that's like, nope, you're asleep now. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I don't know. Have you have you tried heavy doses of medication? Is that an app? Well, if you uh, mi- mix it in with something else as like a, a, a night snack, yes, it is an app. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, this next scene happens. Just just generally, I want to get your vibe of this. Do you, did you think this was a dream or a thing that's actually happening? I uh, <laughs> I debated. I'm like, what? Sleep? Memory? Real? Uh, what? What is happening? Again, there were many times during this uh, 24 minutes where I was like, 
I really feel like I should know more. <laughs> and it's just not telling me. And this is another one of those times. Yep. So, yeah, Joe, take us through the scene here. Yeah, so Ren wakes up. We see that he's in, like, old-timey, cartoony, like, prison gear. He's wearing, like, the black and white stripes. He's got a manacle around his ankle that is, like, on a ball. Yeah, like, when we say old-school prison, we're talking, like, chain gang kind of shit. Mm Old-school prison. And he looks through the bars. We see two very small girls in security uniforms. And we meet the master of this prison. Montgomery Burns. Oh my god. The greatest crossover of our generation. It's true. Uh, It doesn't matter what you do, The Simpsons has already done it. (laughs) Even reality they've totally nailed. So, no, uh, this is not in fact Montgomery Burns, but I'll be damned if he wasn't part of the inspiration when drawing the character design. Mm -hmm. Uh, This would be, uh, what, Igor? Igor. Yes. Igor is the master of the Velvet Room. That shouldn't be something mysterious. That's the shady kind of dirty strip club that's in your town. Yup. I just see a bunch of red and neon. Oh yeah, that there is definitely the silhouette in neon on the outside of the Velvet Room. That neon thing of it shows someone kicking their leg up. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I'm picturing too. Yep. <laughs> We've both watched movies with shitty strip clubs and the views of them from outside. That's what we're picturing. But Igor goes on to explain that this is weird. The Velvet Room doesn't usually look like this. You are truly a prisoner of fate. That seems like it probably has some relevance. We have no explanation for what it means right now. But, I mean, this is twice between Montgomery Burns and Interrupting Butterfly. Uh, There's a lot of fate business going on. There appears to be a theme of fate and injustice and bars and chains and such. Weird. But he he does helpfully explain that there is a way to fight against ruin. You know, nebulous ruin. I don't don't know why, but for whatever reason, just calling it ruin is so generic to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a... If in the original Japanese, whatever word they're using might have more impact and... We don't have a fitting translation, but Ruin just seems... Mm. Yeah, I don't know if in the Japanese the word they use for Ruin is their mythological end of the world. Yeah, it, it could be. I have no clue. We also meet the two wardens. One of them has a very flat, monotone voice. The other is very angry. Yes. Duality. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and then Igor says, well, you'll return soon. Go back to the real world. And Ren wakes up, and bam, we're at Shujin Academy. Slash cut. He's with Sojiro, and he's meeting his homeroom teacher, who looks like a normal human being. Uh Uh-huh. And the principal, who looks like a melty boy. (laughs) Okay, it's not just me. (laughs) Have you ever watched a child playing with sculpting clay or Play-Doh? What if that slightly anthropomorphized uh, ball of clay that they, they say is a person were actually what a person was made into, and that's kind of this character. He also looks a little like Kingpin. (laughs) Unfortunately, the principal of the school does not bash anyone's head in with a car door. Sorry for spoilers. No, that's okay. Although I gotta say, uh, that's probably my favorite role for that actor. It's very good. He, He did an excellent job with it. 
We are getting very distracted talking about other jobs and acting performances today, Joe. Yeah. I mean, the thing about the presentation of this show is like... It's weird, but it's also very low-key, at least in this first episode. Until we get towards the end, where we're getting into the high strange, it's all just kind of... He's so passive about everything. (laughs) I feel not so invested, because he's not invested. Yeah, and I think like the formatting of the show works for the format of our show, which is, here is a scene. Travis and Joe, do bits. Okay, next scene. It's very fast pace of just like, here is a thing that happens. Okay, we're on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it has a flow so much as we're just seeing chopped scenes from his life, but in a way that kind of makes sense because a lot of this is him recounting, isn't it? To the detective that's in the room with him. Yeah, it's like, rather than having the flow of an actual story, it is, you want to know the important parts? Okay, this is what happened at this point. That's not initially what, because obviously coming from this as playing the game, like by the point of the end of this episode, you're like an hour in. So it felt to me like they were doing checklists of here are the important scenes. But you are right, it definitely has that kind of vibe to it, which I I wouldn't have picked up on. Yeah, uh, I don't know, it's... It's not even anything that I picked up on originally, but as we're starting to discuss it and I'm really thinking about, you know, how I'm feeling and and viewing the thing. Yeah, that's definitely kind of my take on it. Huh. Neat. So speaking of this scene, his homeroom teacher says, oh, I'll just get your student ID. She drops a flyer for a maid service. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You have told me a little bit about some of the stuff and one of your favorite video games It's got some problems, Joe. Yes, it has a lot of problematic elements. I'm just trying to watch the weird, uninvolved main character, Verbal, (laughs) kint his way through what happened the last few months. Yeah. The thing I will say about Kawakami's entire deal, thankfully because the way the video game is structured, you do not have to engage with it. You know this thing about her. You do not have to pursue that. Well, that that is a plus, that it's not a, a railroad situation. Yeah, which which I appreciate, except for the fact that the buffs you get for involving yourself in this fucking storyline are so good. <laughs> it's frustrating. Well, <laughs> with that little digression, shall we press forward, sir? We're we're actually what, like two thirds through now? Yeah, somewhere around that. We're we're we're, ab- we're about to get into what would almost be like the third act, which is the high strange of the episode. I think this is what's supposed to really set the hook. Like, oh shit. It's not just regular weird, it's going to get extra weird. Yeah. We cut to a speeding train. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of rocketing out of control, and, uh, well, the passengers are freaking out. With due cause. I mean, I don't think I'd be sitting there calmly. And we pan over to the, uh, not the conductor, the engineer of the train, and uh, he's kind of all zomboed. Yeah. No irises in his eyes, he's kind of drooling a bit, and has a look of grim resolve. Yeah, yeah. So, there's that, and then we, again, flash cut to them sitting in the car, stuck in traffic, listening to the story about the train? Yeah, it's like, oh, this this accident happened. Sojuro, like, makes a comment, oh, this again. And then Ren asks him, hey, why did you take me in? And Sojuro just says... Well, someone asked me to, and for whatever reason I did it. Oh, also I'm getting paid. Probably mostly that last one. Yeah, probably. 
Considering most of his clientele go into his store, order a cup of coffee, and stay there for four hours. You know, I can't really say anything because that was a good portion of how I spent my youth as a teen (laughs) when I wasn't busy doing crimes or whatnot. You'd go to like the local chain restaurant that had bottomless cups of coffee, pay your like dollar and 10 cents and stay there till five o'clock in the morning because teenagers are shitty. (laughs) Teenagers are shitty and don't have money. Well, uh, even if they did, they'd still be shitty. I think that's... I mean, there's there's more of a coefficient the more money you have, the shitty you are. Uh, I mean, 80s movies have definitely, if nothing else, driven that point home. <laughs> there, there's a direct corollary to how big a dick you are as how much money you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we cut over to the interrogation room where Sai is saying, oh, yes, I remember this accident. You know what? I had completely forgotten up until they flash back. Like, oh, yeah, this is all structured in the idea that this is an interview (laughs) which is when i immediately said holy shit they're usual suspecting this shit i'm not gonna say spoilers for persona 5 i just feel it's the exact (laughs) story setup and structure for the usual suspects which i don't know when persona 5 came out but the usual suspects was 1995 i think I mean, Persona only came out a few years ago. Okay. Well, Persona so- 5 only came out a few years ago. So Sai gives us a bit of exposition about Shujin Academy, just like, oh, it's a regular high school. Everything's fine. And then gets on to their first crime as the Phantom Thieves. Basically says, we found these like calling cards placed around the Academy. We thought it was a prank, but then something happened to this man, Olympic medalist, Kamashida. Who's also the gym coach yeah <laughs> you know it's when i think olympic athlete i pretty much think that's what you do right that's how you get to that level you don't like take time out to coach other people like your day is wake up train eat train eat train sleep well i mean isn't i might just be like completely off base here but isn't it a, th- a thing of once you've won the medal and you're no longer in the circuit isn't teaching like a lateral move yeah if he if he's no longer uh competing that would make sense i don't know uh, they, they don't mention if he's no longer competing or not although it's not really germane to the point so i understand why yeah so they, they talk about kamashita and then bam next scene it's raining ren is on his way to his first day of school and is just standing under an awning with a cherry blossom in his hair yeah and a girl comes up beside him. She takes the hood off mm-hmm. and like starts shaking and it goes into slow motion while Dreamweaver plays in the background. Pretty much. Like <laughs> she definitely does like that sexy librarian hair <laughs> let let my hair down thing. The the weird thing about this is Ren is basically staring at her. She's doing the librarian thing. No one ever sees that in real life, so it <laughs> Actually, this is the only time he's shown any kind of reaction to anything. (laughs) And it's a normal thing that people do. Pillars of fire with faces? Fucking fine. Girl shakes her hair out? Stunned. (laughs) What is this person? (laughs) Who is this man? But yeah, her only reaction to him staring at her is, oh, you've got something on your head. And then like she, I don't know the way to say this. The way it's presented is like she says this poetic thing that is like something about her character. But it just comes off as like no human being talks like this. 
Yeah, but no human being has this level of reaction to various things that that Ren does. So it probably doesn't register because it's weird. So it's typical for him. Mm -hmm. If she would have said, hi, I'm eh, nice to meet you. He would have been like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Ren only understands weird things. Pretty much. So yeah, uh, this is this is Ahn. Someone will pull up and say, "Hey, Takamaki-san." But yeah, her name is Ahn. She says, "Oh, I hate the rain. It blows sakura blossoms everywhere." And then a car pulls up, and then Kamashita says, "Oh, is in the car and says, "Hey, do you want a lift? Get in." And we have like a cut of Ahn's face. She doesn't look particularly pleased to be in this car. Yeah, and I mean, good on on Ren because he seems to to pick up the. Maybe this isn't a cool scene. He's like, "Mm, no, no, I'm good. Thank you. I mean, yeah, but also rather than helping and trying to defuse the situation, he just stands by, which I guess is Ren's note. Yeah, we're going to we're going to get back to that here uh, in a couple of scenes where we kind of tie a bow on that. Mm -hmm. And then, holy shit, it's best boy. The boy is here. The boy is here. Fucking Ryuji. 10 out of 10. Best boy. <laughs> he walks up to this person he's never met and basically says, Kamashida's a piece of shit. What does he think he is? The king of the castle? Hey, you go to Shujin Academy. And the weird app on Ren's phone, like, lights up and starts typing in things that Ryuji is saying. Mm-hmm. And then it says, hit? Who knows what that could possibly mean? And then Ryuji speaks as the audience and says, you're not very talkative, are you? <laughs> <laughs> He he comes off as very dumb, like the overly friendly dumb kid. Because I don't know, I've I've never met anybody that like when they're not getting a lot of verbal response, they're just like, it's okay. I'm just going to fill this with talk until you decide <laughs> to engage with me. Hey, remember when I said the best himbo? That's Ryuji. Okay, yeah. So he's just not picking up at all on 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 the cues here. I got it. Mm-hmm. Ryuji's very good. He then goes on to be like. Oh, you're a second year student just like me. I'm going to start saying things about your character that the audience has no idea of. Oh, you're that transfer student who's a delinquent. Huh, I wouldn't have paid you for it. It's such a thing in anime that transfer students are apparently the most fascinating things. (laughs) Do people just not move in Japan often? Like wherever you are, that's where you're at. And you just do the thing until you're done with school? I guess. Um, They, I think it's in the... When they go to this academy with Sojiro, I think the principal does mention this is like highly unusual. Not many people transfer here. I just assumed that this was like a small backwoods kind of city. So that's why? No, they're in Tokyo. Oh, okay. Then I've got no explanation. (laughs) (laughs) Who could possibly say? But yeah, Ryuji just basically fills the space with saying words as they like walk up to the school, which... I've always been confused about getting to the school because it looks like they just go down a back alley. Yeah, I don't know. I know conceptually why it is there in this scene, but apart from that, like, it makes no sense for it to, oh, you just had to slip through this, like, architectural accident to get to the school. You go between the two train platforms. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Ugh. Woof. Yeah. It's located here to do this reveal. So they like walk down this alley. The app says, you have arrived at your destination. 
and there's a bunch of like pink purple smoke everywhere my favorite part no one hears well ren is still not reacting (laughs) it's why I, i keep going maybe he's dead inside maybe he's an alien who just assumes this is what human things are like yeah purple smoke this is fine what we see is a giant fuck-off medieval castle, and even Ryuji doesn't react like a normal person would. No. He just looks at it and says, huh. This isn't how I remember school. Yeah. They must have remodeled. I don't remember this being here. We should just go in and ask for directions to school? Yeah. He is an idiot. <laughs> I love Ryuji so much. Uh, so, into the castle we go. There is a thing when they walk into the castle that you said earlier when we were off mic about AR. They do like a quick flash of the school and the castle itself is superimposed over it. Oh yeah, I I do recall that. I I asked Joe, like, is this about a kid that's just obsessed with like an AR game to the point where the AR reality and his reality are bleeding together? There is certainly a thing about realities bleeding together. Yeah. Also, if you'll remember... There was a bunch of stuff about another world. Yes. So yeah, they go into the school. Uh, <laughs> the school. They go into the castle, and it's just as creepy as the outside. Yeah, it's like every opulent medieval castle you've ever seen in any like fantasy movie. They definitely have also the giant staircase that's not actually a thing that's in most castles, <laughs> but makes an excellent set piece. Yes, someone is going to slide down those banisters and then have a sword fight. Right. Somebody is going to swing off that chandelier and or cut it (laughs) on top of people. And make some quippy remark. Unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. (laughs) Good on you, Carrie Ells. You showed Kevin Costner what for. But then some... Hmm. Guards? Armors? Creepy face masks? Golems? Golems? These are things that walk up to them and accost them. Yeah. There's really nothing creepier than just uh, a a human, uh, the mask of a human face with like no eyes behind it just coming at you. Mm hmm. They bash Ryuji with the shield, and I guess it's time to go to the next scene because they're in prison again. (laughs) That reoccurring theme. By the way, I'm going to say for, for this whole scene, and uh, the, the the scene we just described and the scenes coming up, Ryuji can take a beating. Yeah, him tough. Boy can take a hit. Ryuji's good. Travis. Yeah? I don't know if this is coming across. Ryuji's a very good boy. I think I heard that somewhere. <laughs> Couldn't possibly have been me who said it. No, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> so, they're in prison, and some more guards show up. And then... The king shows up, and it's Kamashida. What did you think of his outfit? Um, <laughs> you know, I'm hard-pressed to call it the gayest thing I've ever seen, <laughs> but it's certainly fighting for a spot, <laughs> because he's wearing pink Speedo swim trunks with a, I don't know, would you call that purple or magenta, maybe? Like a sparkly magenta cape that's fur-lined? Yeah, like a fur-lined magenta glitter cape. And given the fact that he is the king of his own, like, castle, Uh he has the tiniest, cutest crown. Like, you would think it would be huge and opulent, but it's just like this little, very simple crown. Yeah. I guess at this point it'd be good to mention also that 
his eyes seem to have turned not like people. Yeah, he's got yellow eyes and his voice has like a, it's not a Doppler effect, but it's an effect that I did on History's voice. I don't know if it has a name, where there's like a lower tone and then a higher tone, and then the bass voice is the main one. Yeah. I'm sure that has a name. Sure. It, it, it's it's playing with modulation and, and running the voice overlapped, and it makes it sound weird. Anyways. So then uh, Ryuji gets beaten up. Apparently Kamoshida, or this Kamoshida, knows everything that the Kamoshida does about Ryuji, and is like, you're a pest. I hate you. And then <laughs> he just goes in for the spike and then slaps the shit out of him. And Ren motions to do something and Kamashida's like you wouldn't do that I'm just gonna keep slapping this boy and then hey it's the anime grit fists yeah but this is also him kind of he backed down with him in the car too because very clearly she she was not happy with the situation and he didn't step up or say anything or do anything but unlike that last scene it's the return of interrupting butterfly to give him a little pep talk about, hey, remember when you stopped that guy from assaulting that woman? You stepped in then. Why won't you step in on this? Prove your justice. <laughs> we didn't really talk about it too much, but like the flashback scene, there's a moment when he's in the court. It looks like he goes to say something and then just bites his tongue, like closes his mouth. So it's like he stepped in that one time and got penalized for trying to help a woman who was being assaulted. So, like, his entire character, when he's faced with conflict, is just like, I should just back down because bad things will happen. The system will turn against me. Right. Trying to resolve conflict with, you know, getting into the conflict only gets me trouble. Mm -hmm. And then the butterfly shows up and says, hey, get involved in this conflict. And there is a gust of wind. Because drama. (laughs) Because drama. Then there's a voice that says vow to me and Ren like clutches at his head and then hey it's the mask from earlier you mean the one in the flame no the other mask remember way back uh an hour and 20 minutes ago where he was in a trench coat oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. okay I know what you're talking about for a second I thought we were about to talk about a Jim Carrey movie (laughs) I'm just gonna breeze past that (laughs) so I love this Explaining it makes no sense. Because visually it's very cool. It is It is a super cool visual. So Ren like panics that the fact he has an errant mask on his face and pulls it off. And there's a lot of blood. Oh yeah, I, I wish that the character design when he was all in mask form was just the, the cool blood spatter around the eyes. Because it looks so awesome. I mean to like jump into the game thing. There's like an effect they do when you summon personas you lose your mask and it's just like red down your face so they do kind of do that oh nice yeah so yeah he tears off the mask he his face is all covered in blood and then the blood kind of recedes back into his uh wound slash eyes and his eyes well his pupils change they go to that yellow and there's also a shit ton of blue flame swirling around huh as the deep, cool voice says, I am thou, thou art I. And then, yeah, talks about justice and accepting blasphemy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know how when you make a deal with Satan for the power of justice? Sure, and and then a, a, a dark Yu-Gi-Oh monster appears behind him. <laughs> yup. 
Pretty much. So is this just the, the, the natural light cycle? First you start as quiet caterpillar, then interrupting butterfly, then Satan? That's the evolutionary chain, yes. Okay. I, I thought so, but I wanted to check. Yeah, he makes this deal, and then Arsene talks about breaking chains with the power of Satan, throws up the horns, or the holding oranges pose. Yes. And he says something about releasing the, the flames of your wrath, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And that's when we get that character's name, which you already said, which was Arsene, which is a bit on the nose if you're going to name a Bernie demon Arsene for my tastes, but eh, whatever. And if you're going to name him after a gentleman thief, you know, the whole tracking of this exact game. Yeah. So, Travis, in your best words, in your own words, at your own pace, what does Arsène look like? Or Arsène? Is there a thing I don't know about French? No. Well, I'm sure there's lots you don't know about French. I mean, yeah. But, no, no, you're okay. Um, shit, what to say about Arsène? <laughs> That is a that is a a lot of character design that they have chosen to do there. Mm-hmm. Now I got I have to ask because you you've played the video games. Yeah. Is this a character in the video game? Do they look anything like that? This is your main power and pretty much like one to one. Huh. It it actually sounds like they had too much story to cram into a very short amount of time, but. They, they did their damnedest to try to get it all right. Yeah, 20 minutes at a time, they had to nail down an 100-hour game. I mean, on the, on the upside, it, we're not getting a, a Willem Dafoe Death Note kind <laughs> of translation. Not that he did a bad job with the character voice, but oh, that model was... Yeah, the thing we remember about the movie is it being bad, but Willem Dafoe's voice. Yeah, I always enjoy Willem Dafoe. Is this your way of getting out of describing what Arsene looks like? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so Arsene basically looks like a Victorian gentleman with very long boots and very long sleeves and a flaming face and a top hat with horns. And, interesting note, wings on his lower back. Mm-hmm. Almost like a Sailor Moon. Well, like, Super Sailor Moon. Maybe it is a Sailor Moon. I... I only know the one episode of Sailor Moon, so I, I can't really comment. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, the, the episode ends with like Raven Feathers and Ren exhibiting emotion. Could it could it be he looks gleeful, almost menacing? You know, demon inspired madness, maybe? Yeah. That's that's all you need in your life. Just make a deal with a demon that's called from the pits of your very soul to break the chains of reality. Yep, that that's it, kids. The WTF anime show endorsement. Hail <laughs> Satan. Yes. Be gay, hail Satan. Uh, yeah, and then that's... We go to credits after that. Uh-huh. Did you, like, stick around and listen to the song? I did. I actually... I don't know how to describe it, but I didn't hate it. It's a good song. The, the one thing I checked after watching this for taking notes is I wanted to see, like, what the opening was, because Persona, the game has this incredibly stylish very cool opening i was just curious what the opening to the show was and it's this song and then as you can imagine just picture in your mind like an anime opening characters looking at things and vaguely hinted at things about the character yeah that's that's what the opening is but yeah i i had high expectations for the song 
because like say i love the music in persona yeah and the the best the best way i can say this is it's good it's not as good as the game opening song but it's it's up there with a few of the tracks so yeah i was like okay this is fine yeah i'm sure with budgetary restraints being what they were that they couldn't you know compose an all-new super rad soundtrack yeah i mean for that song they did get the singer who's in all of the soundtrack songs oh nice yeah it's no rivers in the desert but yeah it works also thieves in the palace is like a very good chorus and is now just like stuck in my head (laughs) it's good and that's boy we we can we can digress i guess is the point yeah it turns out but uh i guess it'd be time for for final thoughts yeah i like i said i felt like i was missing a bunch of information some people might be coming into this with with prior knowledge that could really help bridge some of the gaps that I felt like were there. But all in all, it's interesting. I am kind of interested to watch a full of rage Ren <laughs> express a human emotion or reaction to something. That seems like it'd be interesting. So yeah, that's my takeaway. Uh, it was pretty. I think my final thoughts for this are, I don't know who this show is for. Because if, if you've played the games, you know the entire story. Maybe you're just going back to it and being like, oh, I like Persona, but I don't have 100 hours to pour into playing it for the fifth time. Not saying that's the thing that I've done. It's totally a thing I've done. Mm-hmm. That's the one corner case I can see of someone being like, yeah, I'm going to watch this show. There might be people out there who are saying, I have heard about a Persona. I don't have time to commit to playing the entire game. I'll just watch this series. 100 hours is a lot of time. Yeah. It just feels like such a niche show in a already like niche genre but i i had an idea of where i assumed this first episode would end but i wasn't sure how it was going to get there in 20 minutes and it ended exactly where i thought it was going to end because like a lot of the leading up stuff is oh there's a bunch of mystery about the butterfly in the velvet room but it's gotta end with him summoning arsene and it did that that's fair (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's that's really i mean animation wise it was pretty good yeah i was kind of dreading like a adding in like some cgi elements that sometimes don't look good but there are shows that do it well i i had some expectations going in and i thought it was fine like it's persona i'm already hardwired to enjoy it unless it severely disappoints me or deviates in a bad way those are my final thoughts all right. <laughs> that's, that's my rambling final thoughts. That's fair. So I, I guess it's about that time then? I think so. Yeah, I have an idea of what we're watching next. All right. In that case, next time on WTF Anime. So I had to check that we hadn't already done this. Because <laughs> I don't think we had. But it's one of those shows that I think Travis would like. And it was popular at the time we started doing the podcast. But we just didn't do it for some reason. Well, that's weird. Uh, What is it, Joe? So next time on WTF Anime, we will be watching the awkwardly named Attack on Titan. Oh, okay. I I have definitely uh, heard of it. I have not really watched it. Despite the framing of that sentence, it is not about Jupiter's moon. No, no. uh, From what I understand, it's it's large boys and... (laughs) Big boys. Big boys. Big, thick boys. And people, like, Batmaning around the forest <laughs> with, like, spear guns. 
Yep, that's that's Attack on Titan. So next time. Yeah, we're going to be watching episode one. Again, I, I like doing episode ones just to be like, hey, does this interest you? Yeah, it, it, it makes life a lot easier for me because <laughs> I'm not missing, you know, hours of story to, to clue me in on things. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, Yuri on Ice. Look, it was early. We hadn't really gotten our feet yet. I didn't really understand the idea of showing you things. I'm just like, hey, enjoy this. Here, here's the middle of a story. How do you feel about that? Here's three episodes from the end of a story. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the next time. So I guess it's time to hit him with the business, Joe. Hit him. So if you would like to find the show on Twitter, we are there at WTF Anime Show. If you have any recommendations or would like to come on and be a guest, you can yeet us an email using WTFAnimeShow at gmail.com. We have recently got a few recommendations in. Ooh. One of them is like time sensitive. So at a certain point when this is put on Netflix, we will watch this show. And I'm very excited because I like everything I've seen about the show. So, hey, you have that to look forward to. But yeah, we've got a few recommendations going that we will, we will get to. But if you'd like to find me on Twitter, I'm on the Twitter. Twitter, the place that I'm on, it's at the Joe Hadfield. Travis? All right. If you want to hit me up, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dicelobber, D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And I don't run the show's handle, so if you want to talk to both of us, you got to tag me too. Uh, that said, if you like what we do here, uh, we've got some other projects. They're currently on hiatus, but you can catch, back, uh, catch up with all the stuff you've missed. At Lost Libraries Cast, uh, Joe and I both do some actual play RPG over there, both for Grayscale and Fifth Watch. So yeah, check it out. Do the thing. Listen to the podcasts. Plugs. I mean, you, you're already there. You, you're already <laughs> clearly listening to podcasts if you're hearing us now. So Congratulations on listening to a podcast. You did it. If you would like to listen to even more podcasts with us on you can sign up to Patreon, patreon.com slash WTF Anime Show, where you can listen to even more of us talking about anime, movies, and season reviews. We have a season review on Death Parade completed. We are working through Black Butler. And we have a plethora of mostly bad movies that we have watched and talked about. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Joe. Hi. Uh, we're supposed to be record. Do I hit record now? Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
in Fifth Watch called Richard Chariot. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can he be a superhero hero that's got some kind of uh, Apollo kind of uh, vibe going on with the Sun Chariot? 